the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Bolsha Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination. And at the same time, Noble Avakateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. And through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avakateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, How should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, Noble Avakateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, son or daughter of noble family, who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita, should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no mind, consciousness, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, no old age of death, no end of old age of death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamitas. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Avakateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avakateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world of disguised humans, Asuras, and Gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. <laughs> Paragate, <laughs> <laughs> 
So, tonight's discussion, uh, the topic of tonight's discussion is an introduction to Buddhism. Uh, but we will be using uh, the beginning of the text called The Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa um, as our basis for explanation um, of the introduction to Buddhism. So this will not be a simple uh, introduction to Buddhism class. <laughs> So if we were to take all of the teachings that Lord Buddha gave, uh, the teachings of Sutra and the teachings of Tantra, we would find that we could divide all of those teachings into three different pathways. Uh, pathways which lead beings to the higher realms, pathways or paths, paths uh, that lead beings to liberation or nirvana, and paths that lead to Buddhahood. Uh, so if we were to divide all of the Buddhist teachings into uh, um, some sort of category, uh, we would categories we would divide them into these three relative to path. So if we look at the stages of the path that lead to these various realms, I think that we can say that it's very similar to other religions. So the uh, root text uh, for the um, great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment is actually the text called the lamp for the path to enlightenment. And that text was written by the master uh, named Atisha. Um, and what Lord Atisha did was take the three different lineages, the um, extensive deeds lineage, the profound view lineage, and the lineage of practicing blessings, um, and co combined all of those different lineages into uh, um, one teaching. Um, so then he condensed all of the stages and explanations within all of those teachings 
into what is called the teachings for beings of three capacities, the teachings for beings of small capacity, the teachings for beings of medium capacity, and the teachings for beings of great capacity. So in the tradition, ancient traditions of explaining uh, teachings, uh, we find two specific traditions. Uh, we find the Vikramalashila way of explaining teachings, and we find uh, the Nalanda uh, manner of explaining teachings. The Vikramalashila, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Nalanda uh, way of explaining teachings goes by way of the three purities. The purity of the uh, speech of the master, the purity of the mind of the disciple, and the purity of the teaching to be explained. Uh, the Vikramalashila tradition is slightly different in that the Vikramalashila tradition goes by way of the three greatnesses. Uh, the greatnesses of the author, uh, the, uh, of the teaching's author, uh, the greatness of the teaching, um, and the, uh, how to, in a great way, listen to and explain the teachings. So, uh, um, Lama Tsongkhapa has chosen to follow that latter um, uh, way of explaining the teachings, the, uh, the second way, called in the Vikramalashila tradition, by way of the three greatnesses. So the first section in the Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment deals with the greatness of the teaching's author in order to show that it's of noble origin. Um, so uh, there are three different categories that deal with that, and we find the liberation life story of Lord Atisha and some points within the liberation life story in those three sections. So first we show, uh, it shows the greatness of the author and, uh, and, uh, by showing that the, that the author is of noble origin. And in that particular section, um, it goes over Atisha's birthplace, that he was born in a city east of India in Bengal, uh, he was born into uh, um, a kingdom, he was a prince, his mother being then a queen, his father a king, and he was the middle uh, of three uh, sons. Um, so we find all, all of these things out, and that he became very skilled uh, and learned uh, rather quickly um, in the, that section that deals with uh, the basis uh, um, 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 from which Atisha uh, um, uh, came, or, or uh, yeah, Came. So then the uh, uh, first uh, section um, uh, uh, deals with the, the, the uh, Atisha, the, the, his noble origin, how he took birth in an excellent lineage, and then uh, how he gained his uh, um, excellent qualities um, is the, um, uh, um, the next section. 
So then that shows how he gained excellent qualities from the basis uh, of, a, of a prince. Um, and then the next section then deals with what he did with those excellent qualities once he gained them. Um, so uh, there are three sections then in, in that particular part uh, um, that deals with the greatness of the author. So the first uh, section about uh, how he gained his basis of excellent qualities that deals with the, how he gained his basis of excellent qualities of scriptural knowledge. Um, and then it shows that uh, he very quickly at a young age was able to master the five different areas of knowledge and master the various arts uh, and so forth. Uh, and uh, Sanskrit, uh, he became a scholar of, of Sanskrit language and all philosophy, and is, uh, a master of sutra and tantra. So it shows how uh, Atisha became a great scholar and renowned for his excellent qualities of scriptural uh, knowledge. <laughs> So then, by, because he was urged by Lord, uh, his, his masters, uh, um, his teachers, um, and then uh, by Tara herself uh, to become ordained, because he was told by both uh, his uh, spiritual advisors um, and uh, uh, Tara that it would benefit sentient beings if he were to go forth or become a monk. So then Atisha became ordained. So then after uh, showing how through studies he gained his excellent qualities relative to scriptural knowledge, then the next deals with his uh, experiential knowledge or his realizational knowledge sometimes called realizational doctrine. So uh, this part then shows how Atisha engaged in the three highest higher training, the highest higher training in ethics, the highest higher training in concentration, and the highest higher training in wisdom. And then first dealing with uh, uh, training in ethics and showing how he took the individual liberate, the three sets of vows, the individual liberation vow, the uh, bodhisattva vows, and the tantric vows. So then in the next section of what he did upon those basis of excellent qualities, we find the uh, stories of uh, what he did in India and then Tibet. And in India he was very uh, um, helpful and it, there are stories of him in Bodhagaya at a great debate where all religious traditions were and he was able to defeat non-Buddhist mistaken views, three separate occasions. Um, and uh, um, um, uh, So it shows how in India he was able to um, um, benefit the teachings and, and by, by way of purifying them or, and freeing them of error. So then he was invited to uh, Tibet by a king uh, to come to teach there and then stayed 17 years in, the, uh, in Tibet.
So the the chief or the main thing that uh, Lord Atisha um, did in Tibet was compose the text called the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, or the the the, the real uh, the word chief there is to show the most the really important uh, or the chief thing that he did was compose the Lamp for the Path uh, um, uh, to Enlightenment. Um, I forgot what he said something else. Uh, Oh, uh, to China. Um, and then also he um, eradicated the teachings uh, with the contained mistaken views. So he uh, cleansed the teachings in the same way one would wash the stains out of a dirty cloth. And then we find a section that shows the ideal qualifications of an author uh, of a text. And it shows that there are three ideal qualifications which would be the, the best uh, type of author. Um, and the first ideal qualification is that the author possesses the um, uh, uh, mastery of the five topics of knowledge. The second is that he or she possesses instructions that are the key points for practicing the meaning of the topics of Buddha's knowledge which have been transmitted in an unbroken lineage through excellent beings from the perfect Buddha. So uh, has to have been, uh, uh, the instructions have to have come from an, uh, in an unbroken lineage from the perfect Buddha, uh, from Buddha himself or herself. And then third, there should, uh, he or she should receive permission to compose the text uh, um, uh, that he or she will be authoring uh, by his or her deity. Um, so it's stated that if an uh, uh, author even has one of these qualifications, then he or she uh, is qualified. Um, but the, there are three ideal qualifications which would make for the best type of author possible and Lord Atisha possessed all three of those ideal qualifications. So then the uh, next section of the text deals with the greatness of the teaching. Um, and the reason for this is to show the benefits of um, uh, practicing the instructions that are being given. Um, it'd be very similar to uh, if a doctor uh, were to prescribe a medication um, one would need to understand what the benefits of taking the medication are. Uh, the, the patient or the person who was ill, who was being prescribed the medication to, uh, would want to know uh, what the benefits were uh, in order to take the medicine. So for the, in the same way, uh, the text now shows the greatness of the teaching to um, engender some respect for it. And uh, so the... the one would want to practice it because of its benefits.
It's very similar to a company that's advertising a car uh, that they're selling uh, and, sh and saying that uh, it, it does this or that uh, so that uh, other parties then will want to buy this, ve this vehicle uh, because of the reasons that are giving uh, uh, that would make a consumer buy, buy, buy the car.
to contradict themselves, but they do not contradict themselves because they are for the purpose of bringing a person uh, to the state of Buddhahood. So, uh, a person meaning, uh, um, just a translator's note, that's just the, a neutral, any person. Uh, it could be any kind of person. So, the point of the teachings is to bring a person to the state of Buddhahood. So, there is no contradiction in that. Um, and it's stated by the Buddha that just as a doctor uh, hands out different medicines for different illnesses, the Dharma is prescribed in that way. Uh, or the Dharma is uh, pronounced uh, in that way for that reason. Something like this, uh, Rinpoche quoted uh, Buddha. Um, so it's, uh, this section then shows, gives all of those reasons for the different types of teachings that Buddha gave um, and shows that the Buddha was teaching to scope, teaching to the capacity of the disciple. Okay, that's what I'm going to show you. But that's how you do it, what to get. Okay. So, uh, the next is the greatness of enabling one to understand that all scriptures are instructions for practice. So, um, the point of this is that if we look at all the teachings of Sutra and Tantra, uh, that those teachings are for the purpose of achieving the Buddha ground. So those teachings are all methods for a person to be able to achieve the state of Buddhahood. Um, so all of the teachings are instructions for practice because they are all instructions or method to achieve uh, Buddha, the grounds of the Buddha. <laughs> So, the next is uh, the greatness of enabling one to easily find the conqueror's intent. And this section uh, uh, shows how um, um, the, the lamp makes it easy to understand what would be almost impossible to if one uh, were to look directly at only the root text. Um, in Tibet, when the um, um, uh, in Tibet, when the, the books were starting to be translated into Tibetan from Sanskrit, uh, there were a hundred books. Um, and if you looked at those hundred books, it would be a, a very hard to understand what any of them meant uh, without any any kind of explanation or commentary, without any kind of explanation. Uh, so uh, the the greatness of the lamp for the path to enlightenment is it makes it very easy to understand the points contained within those books. So it's not difficult. Uh, if one utilizes the lamp for the path to enlightenment to easily understand the point of the, of the Buddha. Uh, so all uh, Lord Adisha <coughs> made it uh, um, very easy to understand. Um, that's why it's, it's called the greatness of enabling one, eas to, one easily to find the conqueror's intent. Uh, and this just means that Atisha made it very easy to understand uh, the meaning of Buddha's uh, pronouncements.
So, in Tibet, um, uh, before Lord Atisha came, there were problems because uh, there were practitioners of Sutra who felt that Sutra and uh, Tantra were incompatible and mutually exclusive, and there were practitioners of Tantra who felt that there was no compatibility with Sutra and that there was no connection or necessity uh, to engage in those practices. So, uh, Atisha was able to um, clear away those misconceptions because it's a, a great misdeed to believe these sort of things because it would create the karma of abandoning the Dharma. Um, so it's for that reason uh, that Atisha needed to, uh, uh, to clarify uh, these points um, because by believing one of those or the other, one would be abandoning the Dharma, be engaging in the misdeed called abandoning the Dharma. so then we get to a section where it says uh, concerning teachings it's actually in the, again in the book it says truth uh, um, there are uh, two types of truth uh, or teaching. Uh, there are uh, the uh, scriptural, um, sometimes doctrine, it's translated as to in our long life prayers, uh, it's doctrine. So there's uh, scriptural doctrine and realizational doctrine, uh, or teachings or truth. You can use any of those words, uh, whichever one you prefer. Um, so if we look at what scriptural doctrine refers to, that refers to um, any of the pronouncements of the Buddha, anything that the Buddha stated, uh, any of the Buddha's speech, um, and the commentaries um, on the Buddha's speech uh, by such masters as Nagarjuna uh, and uh, the, the, the five texts of uh, Maitreya um, uh, and so forth. So uh, all of these different um, scriptures would fall categorically under um, uh, scriptural doctrine. And then the realizational doctrine refers to the realization of the three highest higher trainings. Uh, the highest higher training in ethics, the highest higher training in concentration, and the highest higher training in wisdom. Then 
Keçeyi vazgeçti, ne diyorsun ki, o bana diyor, sen de söyleyeceksin. Bu böyle bir yol. So, uh, the Lichten J, the Umaran Juba, Nietzsche, less of Nietzsche. Nietzsche, okay. So, uh, if we, the Middle Way Autonomy School has two different divisions. The Yogic uh, School, which is similar, uh, tends to the mind-only tradition, um, and the uh, uh, Sutra autonomy school, which uh, tends to be similar to the sutra school. So there are two autonomy schools. Uh, um, and it is stated that Baba Vega is a holder of both of those autonomy views. Uh, so he held both. And uh, the master Shandarashita, the Dode Nejor, uh, was the, uh, the yogic uh, autonomy uh, practitioner who, and that uh, uh, is similar to the mind-only school view. Uh, so Shandarashita followed uh, that, that autonomy tradition. And just a translator's note, it's the middle way autonomy school and the consequence school. And the consequence school is the higher school. The autonomy school is the lower of the two middle way tenant system schools. What the Kenya Shivatu so when Shandarashita arrived in Tibet, uh, Shandarashita was an Indian master, so he brought uh, the style of learning, uh, the Nalanda style of learning uh, from the Indian tradition into Tibet and found its uh, the Sainik uh, monastery uh, um, where the, uh, um, the style of study of the Nalanda masters began to take place in Tibet. So now we find in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment that quote from Avokitrata, and uh, it says concerning teachings, and in the text it says demba, which is truth, uh, concerning truth, uh, and then the scriptures of the Bhagavan. Uh, uh, here, teachings. Uh, the word, the word Denba, uh, we find in Demba, the, when we look at the Four Noble Truths, Demba Je, Je is four in Tibetan. So the word truth, uh, um, we wouldn't say there are only four truths. Uh, we would state that, that there are many, and that which has been stated by the Buddha is necessarily ter truth. Uh, so that word truth, uh, um, which is translated as doctrine, and here as teaching, teachings, uh, um, um, refers to anything that has been stated by the Buddha. Um, so we wouldn't just say that would that truth at the first turning of the wheel is the only truth. That which uh, we would say if the Buddha stated it, it is necessarily truth. <laughs> That the 
Um, so then we find a quote from Lord, the Master Nagarjuna in the essay on the spirit of enlightenment, where it says, Because they engender in others certain knowledge that accords with their own, the wise apply themselves always and without mistake. And here, uh, in order for a bodhisattva to be able to uh, teach uh, or lead others uh, uh, through the various paths, understandings of the Four Noble Truths and the Two Truths, um, it's necessary for the Bodhisattva to have a, a, a clear understanding of the Two Truths and the Four Noble Truths and a non-mistaken understanding of these things in order to uh, teach it to others, in order to show it to others. So here it says, because they engender in others certain knowledge that accords with their own, the wise applies themselves always and without mistake. Uh, and that without mistake means that the, it's necessary for them to uh, have a, a non-mistaken understanding of all of these things in order to be of aid. Uh. Um, so then, in the um, second chapter of the Pramanabhartika Karika by Dharmakirti, um, uh, Dharmakirti states that it is difficult to explain to others the results of causes that are obscure to oneself. Um, so here, um, the meaning of this is that uh, it's referring to the Four Noble Truths. And if we look at the Four Noble Truths, we find two cause and effect relationships. We find the first cause, cause and effect relationship between the truth of suffering and origin. Origin being the cause of suffering, and then origin being the method to uh, achieve suffering, basically. Uh, so that, that is the method that uh, um, one engages in to achieve suffering. Um, and then the next set of cause and effect relationships we find are in the second two uh, noble truths, the truth of cessation and truth of path. Um, and the truth of path is what uh, um, uh, is the cause of uh, that cessation or the, 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 um, uh, the, the end of suffering. So it, the path is the method which will lead one to that cessation. So if one doesn't know the cause, uh, and here the cause referring to the cause of suffering and the cause of cessation, then uh, for oneself, then it's impossible to explain it to others. So it, n it needs to not be obscure. It needs to be clear uh, to the bodhisattva. Um, and in this case, this is a reference to the Four Noble Truths. Uh, results of causes um, are referring to 
suffering and then cessation. So in the uh, um, Lord Maitreya's um, ornament for clear realization, the Abhisama Alamkara, uh, we find a quote that states that, um, it's a little different, that those benefactors of beings who accomplish the good of, uh, those beings who accomplish the needs of the world through knowledge of paths, or the uh, purpose uh, of the world, or the purpose of the world uh, through knowledge of paths. And here, knowledge of paths refer to knowledge of the uh, paths uh, of, um, of the three different vehicles. So the um, knowledge of paths of the hearer vehicle, the knowledge of path of the solitary realizer vehicle, and the knowledge of path for the uh, um, great vehicle, or the bodhisattva uh, vehicle. Um, so uh, um, the reason for this is uh, because the bodhisattva um, can fulfill the purpose or need uh, of the, uh, the practitioners of the um, hearer's vehicle by having knowledge of the paths of the hearer's vehicle. The bodhisattva can accomplish uh, um, the, the, the needs. It's a strange translation, I realize that, but it's just, I'm trying to be as literal as possible. Accomplish the purpose uh, of those practitioners of the solitary realizer vehicle by having knowledge of the solitary realizer vehicle paths. And the, those bodhisattvas can uh, fulfill the needs or purpose of sentient beings who are in the great vehicle by having knowledge of the paths of the great vehicle. So it's for that reason that the bodhisattvas fulfill the purpose or needs of the world by having knowledge of those paths. So then a doubt can arise because if we state that, then we state that if he or she is a bodhisattva, he or she is necessarily um, in the great vehicle. So if we're stating that within their continuum there are holders of the hearer's vehicle and within their continuum there are holders of the solitary realizer's vehicle, then is there a consequence or then can one say that they are Hinayanists, uh, that they are not Mahayanists because they hold the, the lesser vehicle view. Uh, so then this doubt occurs because we're stating that if it is uh, he or she is a bodhisattva, they are necessarily uh, great vehicle practitioners. Uh, then how is it possible that in their continuum they also have the lesser vehicle path? So then some doubts may occur. Lesser. 
So we don't say that the Bodhisattva has the uh, um, uh, path um, of the lesser vehicle within his or her continuum. We state that it has the paths that are common uh, to the lesser vehicle within his or her continuum. In the same way that we would say that the uh, when we look at capacities or scope, that there are teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity and teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. We would state that the Bodhisattva has those teachings that are shared in common with the uh, hearer vehicle or shared in common with the solitary realizer vehicle. We wouldn't state that they uh, are uh, following that path. They would have a common, have, uh, their practice would be in ま、で、ちゃんと<笑> ネトレジンスレ。ネトレンツロンジョンネトレンジ。ネトレジンスレ。ネトレンツロンジョンネトレンジ。ネトレジンスレ。ネトレジンスレ。ネトレンツロンジョンネトレンジ。ネトレジン
then in, because they are a sentient being, then the bodhisattva also has to possess this lineage in order to be of benefit to those types of sentient beings. And then lastly, the great vehicle practitioners, uh, the bodhisattva uh, has to be able to have knowledge of those pathways of the great vehicle in order to be uh, benefit to uh, great vehicle practitioners. So the bodhisattva has to have knowledge of all paths, and those paths are referring uh, to the, the three different paths uh, uh, that the three different vehicles follow, the uh, paths of the hearers, solitary realizers, and then Mahayana. What the Sanjiga Jayun Kazunish and two Semba, Sanju Semba Najine, Sanju Semba Najine, Nituji Lankaimba, Rajaji Lankaimba, and Sanjiji Lankaimba, Sanjiji Lankaimba, Lantanji Jiba Shashi, Shiba Shawus, the Dajan Yusu Zuba Shashi, the Daki Lanchi Shawayan Shala, Shesun Bis, what the Sanjiga Zumba is, my bad. Shantushambanajin,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你推荐了,你
so it's not appropriate for a bodhisattva to say that I am a bodhisattva and I am only a practitioner of the great vehicle. Because it's necessary for them to possess those teachings that are shared in common in the the uh, um, uh, prior uh, uh, the the medium capacity and the small capacity. So the bodhisattva um, has to uh, rely upon the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity, because it's necessary for the bodhisattva to generate uh, the desire to definitely emerge or to get out, uh, which is called renunciation. Uh, which is found in the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. And in order to produce that desire to definitely emerge, it's necessary for the Bodhisattva to um, have in his or her continuum the teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity uh, in order to uh, produce those latter results. So the Bodhisattva has in common all of these practices, uh, even if uh, he or she is obviously a Mahayanist because of being a Bodhisattva. So in Thailand, we, we find uh, the lesser vehicle tradition being uh, predominant. And we can't say that we shouldn't study that because we have to study that, because those are the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and those are teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity. So these other teachings uh, are in common, so we can't say, oh, there's no need to practice those things. <laughs> So because the Bodhisattva's aim is to fulfill the needs of all sentient beings, it also means then that they have to have knowledge of Christianity, have to have knowledge of Hinduism, have to have knowledge of the Muslim tradition, Judaism. All of these things are necessary because the Bodhisattva's aim is to fulfill the purpose or needs of all beings. So, uh, we need to understand that there are many excellent qualities that we share in common with Christians, and we share in common with Hindus, uh, and we share in common with the Muslim tradition. Uh, um, I think Rinpoche said Judaism usually, but uh, we share in common with Judaism. So, we have to see that these, there are these common excellent qualities. So then we see uh, these practitioners who state that uh, if we're Galupa practitioners, then we can't practice the Nyingma tradition. And uh, we see now the Dalai Lama is saying that this is not right. And here we can read right in Lama Tsongkhapa's book where that sort of idea of partisanship uh, is mutually exclusive with the teachings. So, uh, when the Dalai Lama says that that's not all right, it's because he sees that in the text it says it's not.
So we can understand that all religions share these common excellent qualities. So that's what the meaning within here um, is. That's the meaning in here. So then it says that uh, there are shared and unshared paths to enter the Mahayana. Since the shared are those things that come from the scriptural collections of the Hinayana, how could they be something to set aside? Therefore, Mahayana followers must practice all those things taught in the Hinayana scriptural collections with only few exceptions. Uh, and here is an exception. Because the uh, Bodhisattva's uh, aim is to get rid of the self-cherishing attitude, uh, um, one who is a Mahayanist or great vehicle practitioner would set aside uh, the aim to uh, um, achieve the state of liberation for oneself alone. Uh, so uh, there, within the lesser vehicle tradition, there is this idea of achieving, here it says, uh, it's diligently seeking a blissful peace for oneself alone, which is referring to nirvana or liberation for oneself alone. Uh, the bodhisattva would, would set that practice aside because he or she is trying to get rid of his or her self-cherishing attitude. Um, so uh, that's the reason for that. And it says, this is the reason for extensively teaching all three vehicles in the very vast scriptural collections of the bodhisattvas. The Bodhisattva's <coughs> aim is to abandon all faults and achieve all excellent qualities. So there are many common shared excellent qualities, and it's for that reason that the Bodhisattva must engage in all of these scriptural collections, except those which are of direct conflict. Mm. Uh, 
So then a qualm comes up. And translators know Chemo, great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. There's a lot of sections where there's debate that takes place. Like that qualms that could come up, Lama Tsongkhapa writes them down. He says, okay, well what about this? And then he answers it. So here's a qualm. It says, in order to enter the perfection vehicle of the Mahayana, you do need the paths that are explained in the Hinayana scriptural collections. However, in order to uh, uh, enter into the Vajrayana, the paths of the perfection vehicle are not shared in common with the paths of the Vajrayana because the paths are incompatible. <laughs> So the meaning of this is that in the tantric vehicle, one is able to uh, utilize attachment as path and utilize anger or hatred <coughs> as path. Um, and in the action vehicle, uh, one uh, um, does not do this. So this is what uh, the qualm is about. Uh, because in the perfection vehicle, one doesn't uh, trans transform or use uh, um, um, uh, attachment and hatred, uh, negativities as path, as a path. ขันจูเลยขันจูเซนกูเลยขันรูลอบกูเลยสมาแบบลอบกูเลยสมาแบบลอบกูเลยสมาแบบลอบกูเลยสมาแบบลอบกูเลยสมาแบบลอบกูเ
So then it says, and the deeds of the six perfections should never be cast aside. It says again, the deeds of the perfection shouldn't be cast aside. Don't throw, we can't throw away these. The, the perfection vehicle requires practice of the six perfections, and the tantric vehicle requires practice of the six perfections. What I want to say is that the Shantuk is not a good so if we were to say a posit uh, that which which is shared in common and uh, uh, um, uh, here common referring to the perfection vehicle and tantric vehicle so that if one was asked to posit that which is shared in common or is shared, one would state bodhicitta, the practice of the six perfections, the practice of the ten perfections, the practice of the three highest higher trainings. These are all com in com shared in common, or common trainings. Well, so if we were to um, look at certain relationships, um, cause and effect relationships, if we were to say what is the um, entrance into the Buddhist path or the door into Buddhism, and the answer would be refuge. Refuge is the door into Buddhism. Then what is the entrance into the uh, um, um, the great vehicle? Uh, and Rinpoche said the perfection vehicle. Um, the answer would be the mind that aspires to enlightenment. That the mind that uh, it's actually uh, Simche mind generation or ma great vehicle mind generation is the entrance to the Mahayana or an entrance to the perfection vehicle. Then uh, what would be the entrance into the tantric vehicle? Uh, you hear sometimes the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, but really it's an initiation, uh, which is the uh, um, 
entrance to the tantric vehicle. But the tantric vehicle is a resultant vehicle, and it's a resultant vehicle uh, uh, because it, um, uh, the, it is it is a result. secret vehicle. So uh, it's a uh, the cause of tantra is the perfection vehicle. So the tantric vehicle is caused by the perfection vehicle. Um, so uh, that's the relationship that tantra has with uh, the perfection vehicle. It is a result of the perfection vehicle. So as a um, uh, translator's note, uh, also it's resultant for other reasons. But in this particular case, we're speaking of it tantra as a result uh, because it's a result of the perfection vehicle. And in the um, source of all my good, um, uh, the foundation of all good qualities, it states, once I've practiced well the path shared and become a vessel that is worthy, I enter with perfect ease the way of the diamond, highest of all ways, holiest door to come inside for the fortunate and good. So in that we we find the uh, the, the beginning once in practice well the path shared and become a vessel that is worthy path shared is referring to the perfection vehicle. I'm sorry, the path shared refers to thing common common vehicles. Tumba Tomazon, <laughs> What <laughs> Nature, Jew, Nature, Lana, maybe Jew, 
So um, here it says uh, further such is said in many tantric texts um, about the, the common common things. Such texts also state that on frequent occasions of entering mandalas of highest yoga tantra, tantras such as Chakrasambhava, uh, Samaja, uh, Yamantaka, uh, I think Rimache said called chakra too, uh, and, um, you must take both the shared and unshared uh, tantric vows. The former are simply the vows of a bodhisattva, and the, taking the vows means promising to apply yourself to the trainings of a bodhisattva, uh, such as the three forms of ethical discipline. Therefore, the perfection vehicle has no path other than the trainings that accord with your promise to practice the bodhisattva's deeds after developing the spirit of enlightenment. Um, so, no matter what uh, um, highest yoga tantra initiation you take, uh, you take both, the, uh, whether it's Chakrasambhava, Guru Samaji, or Yamantaka, you take the, uh, both the Bodhisattva vow um, and you take the Tantric vow. Um, in the lower uh, Tantric sects, uh, in the action and performance tantras, there's initiation but no, and the Bodhisattva vow, but no uh, Tantric vows. In Yogic Tantra and Highest Yogic Tantra, there are uh, both the Bodhisattva vows and the Tantric vows. So uh, we find uh, uh, Tantric vows, um, the, the two types of vows that are given in the, um, the highest Yoga Tantra ceremony and then also the Yogic Tantra uh, ceremony. So it says, uh, there, therefore the perfection vehicle has no uh, path other than the trainings that accord with your promise uh, to practice the bodhisattva's deeds after developing the spirit of enlightenment. Here it means uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, taking the bodhisattva vow after you get bodhicitta. Uh, so that means that the developing the spirit of enlightenment refers to uh, mind generation or bodhicitta. So uh, um, just to um, clarify what that means in there. ตาตนตะเจเลงตัวโดจคันโดตันซอมบะตายจุตันโดจตะมะนาโซชะตันซอมะเทบะซุนตันบิเฉนมาเลซุนเชยเวบะเมจิตันซิซุนกะโซซุ
Anyway, five Buddha families is what we're speaking of right now. Uh -huh. So the reason for the five Buddha families, uh, um, or the five uh, uh, Tathagata lineages, um, uh, is because we at this point have five aggregates, and these five aggregates are contaminated aggregates. <coughs> contaminated because they are under the influence of karma and affliction. So therefore they are necessarily contaminated. So the five Buddha families represent our transformation uh, from impure into pure, uh, our transformation of our five impure aggregates into the five pure aggregates. So Vairakana, Ratnasambhava, Ashobhya, uh, um, here we go again, uh, Amitabha and I know we're, Amoga City, is that what I'm missing? Amoga City, those, the five Buddha families, those five represent the transformation of our, our five impure aggregates into the five pure, pure aggregates. So um, that's what the, the five stand for. If I write it down, I won't miss it. So I'm going to have trouble with this one, so I'm just warning you. Uh, um, in the, uh, if we look at the Yanjir Surinan, Sophie Omar and Ramche, the she, the Tsangwan, the Tepa, first of all, they're four. 
我当时决定呢，就这呢就有了哇。他哪怕当时当时开始有，哪怕人哪怕当时了哇，哪怕能不在没有上那么的呗。还有多少人在对？哪怕当时当时的了，主要的是，你说多少决定？现在多少个决定？多少决定决定双节？没事。啊，那双节了交生桌啊，去了交生桌啊，跟你了交生桌送的主人是，那那个当时了，那多少送送过来？ Rinpoche uh, uh, said that he'll give me the text and then I can look at the actual text because we don't have it in English so I, I have to look at it in Tibetan and then I can be able to translate it uh, what we're talking about right now so he said in the future he'll just make a copy of it for me Advices. It sounds like that each of the Buddha families have different commitments within uh, Ratmasambhava and Amitabha. There are different commitments or, or advices that are given. Uh, and we've skipped around two or three of them, uh, so I'm not exactly clear. I'd need to see it in an order uh, so I would be able to translate it. But uh, there, uh, um, the advice is uh, the Sutrim Sum, the Gonchi Sum Jansudro, the Ratna Sambhava. Ratna Sambhava. So Ratna Sambhava has the uh, six, uh, six commitments. Uh, um, the first three refer to the uh, three types of ethical discipline, um, and then the next three uh, refer to uh, going for refuge to the three jewels, going for refuge to the Buddha, going for refuge to the Dharma, and going for refuge to the Sangha. Um, so, and then the three types of ethics are the... I'll tell you in one second. <laughs> Restraining from bad activities, gathering virtuous uh, qualities, and accomplishing the welfare of all living beings. So this is what the three uh, types of ethics refer to. And then the other three are the going for refuge in the Buddha, going for refuge in the Dharma, and going for refuge in the Sangha. So uh, and within, and that's within Ratnasambhava's commitments. Then Tibetan language, what the Hanyan language, the Judish language, what do 
So before also Rinpoche listed the four classes of Tantra, the four classes of Tantra are Action Tantra, Performance Tantra, Yogic Tantra, and Highest Yogic Tantra. And here Damsik is translated as Pledges. Uh, um, uh, so here it says, on the occasion of taking the pledges of Amitabha, uh, uphold all the excellent teachings, the three vehicles, the external, and the secret. Um, so, uh, um, the tepa sum, donagare, the the yobo me, the damsik, the tepa sum, she Okay, so those three vehicles are referring to the... Um, uh, here are solitary realizers and the bodhisattva vehicle. So here, we can't say that uh, it's not necessary within the tantric lineage to practice, uh, it's not necessary to practice the perfection vehicle because we find a quote uh, right in the pledges of uh, um, the Abhitabha uh, to uphold the excellent teachings which include the uh, here is solitary realizers and the, bod the bodhisattva vehicles. Um, so then it says the external and the secret. So each, each of the Buddha families has different, Buddha family members, Amitabha being one of them, has different pledges. Um, and this is uh, um, uh, what one pledges to do when one takes the uh, Amitabha uh, initiation. And I can look into that text to get the rest of the information that goes around it, but I don't like just kind of making winging it when around Tantra especially. So uh, I think we'll just kind of refrain from going further with uh, any of that discussion because I don't want to leave anything out or give any wrong information. So, the reason for the four classes of Tantra, the Action Tantra, Performance Tantra, Yogic Tantra, and Highest Yoga Tantra, is because there are four levels of attachment. And uh, uh, those four levels of attachment can be uh, converted into path by the wisdom realizing emptiness. So one is able to um, utilize uh, um, uh, these uh, um, classes of Tantra and the levels of attachment connected to them to then get rid of the uh, um, uh, uh, to get rid of, use attachment to get rid of attachment uh, and use the, um, anger to get rid of anger. So then one can eventually get rid of all the afflictions, get rid of the karma or the actions that the afflictions create and then the uh, um, uh, uh, suffering which the actions create. Uh, so um, one, in the same way that a bug that there's a certain a bug that's born in a tree that actually eats the tree. Uh, um, uh, uh, in, the in the same way that the, a bug that is born in a tree eats away a tree, 
that it is born from, uh, one is able to utilize attachment by coupling it with the wisdom realizing emptiness to uh, eat, uh, to get rid of the attachment uh, altogether. So the different uh, types of attachment correspond with the four different types of happiness or bliss that arise. Uh, first is the bliss that's arisen from seeing, uh, and we're speaking of uh, looking at uh, a boy looking at a girl, or a girl looking at a boy, or boy looking at a boy, girl looking at a girl. Just translators know that's what we're speaking of. We're talking about attraction. So uh, the bliss that's arisen from just looking at uh, someone uh, and that attachment, uh, the bliss that arises from laughing, uh, or talking, sometimes it's translated as or smiling, uh, 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 this kemagar, nipa. <coughs> Uh, and the attachment connected to that. The second is the bliss arisen from smiling at one another, or sometimes laughing, uh, um, and the attachment connected to that. The third is the bliss arisen from uh, touching or holding hands, uh, um, and the attachment connected to that. And the last is the bliss arisen from uh, <coughs> sexual contact, um, and uh, the attachment connected to that. So those are the four attachments uh, that correspond to the four <coughs> bliss or happiness. <coughs> and so this is the reason for the four classes of Tantra that correspond to the four attachments, the four types of bliss. <coughs> So one is able to, uh, by coupling it with the mind that aspires to enlightenment uh, and renunciation uh, and the wisdom realizing emptiness, to transform the ducha um, long, uh, the negativities such as attachment and hatred into a pathway which will uh, allow one to achieve his or her ultimate aims. <coughs> <coughs> so there's even uh, uh, if a bodhisattva is highly realized, uh, if he or she in, uh, is an ordained person um, and engages in intercourse, it doesn't even break the vow. If he or she is a highly realized individual. So even the, it says that uh, um, uh, killing, um, uh, um, uh, sexual misconduct, uh, <coughs> lying, uh, stealing, all of these things, 
uh, if they are uh, done by a highly realized being for purpose, then there is not a non-virtue that's created. <coughs> if there's a very small fire, a little wind blows it out. In California, you see large forest fires where the wind actually makes the fire burn higher or burn more. Love, compassion, and the wisdom realizing emptiness, then coupled with attachment and, and anger, then transforms into a pathway which is very powerful and swift. This is how Tantra is, allows one to quickly achieve the state of Buddhahood. So, if, if in this life we aren't able to create the real thing, we can make aspirations that in our next life then we could actually uh, have this realization, this real, uh, true realization. Nyone means the real, not fake. Uh, so, uh, if we can't have it, we can make aspirations to be able to do so, to be able to transform negativities into positive, basically, make aspirations to be able to do such a thing. Okay, so going back to this quote, uphold all the excellent teachings, the three vehicles, the external and the secret. Um, we can't say that the perfection vehicle is not utilized by a tantric practitioner because right in the pledges or the advices or commitments of the Amitabha, uh, it states uphold all the excellent teachings. The three vehicles, which refers to the hearers, the solitary realizer, and the um, uh, bodhisattva vehicle. The external, which refers to the action and performance tantras. And the secret, which refers to the yogic tantra and highest yogic tantra. Uh, so that's what, what I was confused about before. I didn't uh, connect the words with the words. Uh, so that's what Rinpoche was speaking of. The three vehicles, the external referring to the two lower classes of Tantra, and the secret referring to the two higher classes of Tantra. So we can't, can't say, because in the uh, Amitabha pledges, it says to uphold those teachings that they are incompatible with Tantra. So maybe uh, someone has questions now. So please, if there are any questions, ask. Uh, Stasha, then uh, Adrian, just because that's the order I saw hands. Um, this goes back a few classes, but it's about the three vices of the action tantra. The first one I missed, but the third one was about the... Shaju uh, Dansik. The Nama Sum Chiran Lapso. The Shadan Rapodu Kongichua, the Nate Sampa. Shadu said the Shawara Shaw Ishun or Ishun. The action tantra Shadu, the 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 Shadu
so you want to know the third one about the food that looks like animals? Then uh, the Kongi, that's what I thought. So I've already asked the question uh, for the most part. But then Nangla, the the Garishine, the Nyadan Drapo, Sagamari, Gangisena, the Shazuma, Mambo Yure. Then this Sana, the Dumba, the Chaudu, Logudue. Then so it's a, yeah, there's, uh, in the, you find in the Vinaya Sutra even that it states about eating uh, um, things that look like meat. I've asked in many different ways. So there is a negativity in eating something that uh, is, uh, Rinpoche said, even if you make a piece of bread in the shape of a fish and eat it, then uh, you're, you're creating non-virtue because you're making a similar uh, connection to killing and to harm 
because it's a, uh, uh, he said it's a connection to harm, connection to hurting sentient beings in, in, uh, in a way. Um, so it's for that reason that um, it was mentioned before. And Buddha stated that, um, and we find uh, in even in the three and the, the three lower tantras the, uh, to abstain from meat. And Buddha stated to abstain from eating meat. Um, in the highest yoga tantra, you don't find that uh, abstain, abstaining from eating meat. But in the shaju shuju dan nejoju sha sagamari so so in uh, the sutra and then uh, those three lower classes of tantra. The Buddha stated to abstain uh, from eating meat. Uh, um, so, um, um, if one can do so, that's the best way to live. But if for whatever reason one's body uh, doesn't do well with that sort of diet, or it's necessary, the Buddha stated that there are exceptions um, to that, and uh, one could look at it um, as uh, um, uh, um, eating what is left over after a kill has taken place. Um, so when a, a tiger, I don't think, I think he said buffalo, tiger and buffalo, yeah. right? Tiger kills the buffalo, and then the bird comes later, and buzzard comes later and eats what's left over. Um, one should look at their eating meat in that way, as them not actually going out and killing it, just um, uh, eating what's left over in the same way that the, the buzzard does. I no reason to raise hands. I'd realize there's all kinds of debate now that can take place within that whole statement. Um, so, <laughs> but if uh, one eats meat, one should look at it as if they are the buzzard that's eating what's left over after it has been killed. Um, uh, so, but the Buddha stated that the best thing is to refrain from eating meat. And then Remshe also uh, stated the four classes of tantra correspond with the four blisses. Um, and then also, uh, there's another reason that's given in texts for the four classes, and I'll have to get back to you on that. Uh, one has to do with cleanliness and the importance of cleanliness within the action tantra and the uh, outer uh, cleanliness and outside um, uh, cleanliness. That's the first. And then the others I'm not exactly clear on, and the vocabulary around it I'm going to need to look up, uh, so I don't want to... Um, belabor that. Before Rinpoche was talking about... Uh, it is joy <laughs> <laughs> At the risk of sounding like an idiot, Rinpoche was talking before about uh, the Bodhisattva's need to understand all of the scopes, the mm -hmm. scope, and you had made a reference to the five paths mm -hmm. of the small scope, the five paths of the medium scope, correct? That there was... Uh, Preparation, meditation, and no more learning on the hearers, solitary Right, realizers. yes. This is correct? Yes, hearers, solitary, realizer, and bodhisattva. Not in the small scope, but if I said that, that was an error on my behalf if I talked of the five paths of the small scope. But the five paths in the hearers, solitary, realizer, and bodhisattva. There is. Five the Kongi Triwa, the... The Nyantu Rangel, the the Lang La Yurube, so Lang Julang. So there are five paths in the hearers, the five paths in the solitary realizer, and five paths of the Bodhisattva, making for a total of 15. So if there's no more learning in 
the non-bodhisattva paths, mm -hmm. but there's more learning in the bodhisattva path. How can there be no more learning in those paths? And isn't there a small fault in that? Then the teme nyantulam, the ranjelam, the melulam, the melulam, the samodama, the logjun che gugumare, the ne. The Chikshina Junior, Gangasin Melulam Yomare, Gangasin Consul Shanchu Jesem Yomare. Then the Melulam Yomare, Gangasin Shanchu Jesem Lojung Shegu, then the Junior Bay. Shanchu said the small Yagadu, Lalan Yadu Shanchu to the Sanchet, Lalan Raja Shanchu to the Sanchet, Lalan Tibetan Shanchu to the Sanchet, Sedan Shanchu says Yatu Sanchi Yore, Raja Sanchi Yore, Tibetan Sanchi. Uh -huh. uh, so when we look, use the word mind generation, there's mind generation in the hearer's vehicle, mind generation in the solitary realizer vehicle, and mind generation um, in the uh, bodhisattva vehicle. So there are three types of mind generation uh, in the vehicle. I, I asked the question as you did. Then the jun yo marve the melulan. The Yanjer Lojun She Gugumare, Yene, the Nyantu Ranjel, the Semche Lojun She Gugang, and Sanje Yomari, the Nanchen Yomari, then the Melolam Yone, Okay, so because they've uh, um, are on the hearer's path. Uh, they go through the hearer's path of accumulation, hearer's path of preparation, hearer's path of um, uh, seeing, hearer's path of meditation. Uh, they've realized all of the hearer's paths, so they have no more learning to do on the hearer's path. When they go through the solitary realizer's path, when they reach no more learning, they have no more learning of the oh, okay. solitary realizer's path. Okay. And then one other question. Uh, you, you talked before about Baba Vega giving the explanation on the uh, Majjhimika Sautantrika. And I thought you had said something about that there were two subsets of the Sautantrika school. Of autonomy school. That, that there were two subsets of the autonomy school. Yes. And that I had not heard before. Yeah, the Yogacara and the uh, one that's similar to the mind only and one that's similar to the sutra school. And this is in the tenant systems. Yes. Jason. The the Ranjuba ni Yurube. The Sutra uh, autonomists, Yogic <coughs> autonomists. Um, excuse me, this is going to be a very basic question. As someone new, but at one point you stated that the uh, or the text stated that the path to uh, Buddhism was through refuge. Uh, for somebody that was new, what would be the path to refuge? Oh, okay. The Jantro Gi Lam Gare, Gangasin, the Kon Nampa Sarpayin, Kon Pesarpayin, then Jantro Hakogomare, then Jantro Gi Lam Gare, Jantro Dronguna Lam Gare. Jantro the Tajuni Tangomar, that's the Nabaki. Jantro Jantro Jantro, if you Jantro Jere, Shiru Jantro 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 <laughs> 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 so, 
So the word refuge, uh, we can find in other religious traditions. Uh, if we look at Christianity, Christians go for refuge to God. If we look at the Muslim tradition, Muslims go for refuge to Allah. Um, in the Buddhist tradition, Buddhists go for refuge to the three jewels. And the th that refuge is created by two specific causes. Uh, those two causes are called fear and faith. And fear uh, refers to uh, a knowledge of suffering, uh, the um, knowledge of the suffering of suffering, the suffering of change, pervasive compounded suffering, uh, which are technical terms, I realize, but the, there are three types of suffering. Um, and so then one recognizes that he or she has these three types of suffering and becomes fearful of this experience. Um, and then uh, uh, turns to uh, what he or she uh, believes can help, and then ha and in the case of Buddhism, uh, turns to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha uh, with faith that the um, three jewels can lead him or her out of that suffering. Um, so fear and faith. Uh, fear is kind of a loaded word for Westerners, um, but it's... It, it's basically just, you know, uh, realizing the predicament um, and then having faith that Buddhism uh, would be the, the way out of the predicament. Okay. So one should think, when thinking that the Buddha is like a doctor and that the Dharma uh, or the teachings are like medicine and that the spiritual community or the... Uh, um, Sangha are like uh, the nurse or helpful aids in the journey. Okay, and another stupid question. But Not a stupid once, question once, at all. These once, are so important for all of us in this room to understand refuge, because right. I know I don't have it. Uh, if you get to that point to where you have the faith that Buddha, Buddhism is um, what you need, Yes. Uh, what, do you, what is the path? I mean, what do you do? Uh, the... the, the so the best thing one can do if if he or she has a desire uh, or an intent to um, study Buddhism um, or, or become Buddhist, okay, become Buddhist, yes. then he or she would study the Lam Rim teachings, the stages of the path teachings. Okay. Um, and then uh, any books written by His Holiness the Dalai Lama or cassettes, Rimshi mm -hmm. uh, means DVDs or audio, uh, cassettes that the Dalai Lama um, has written or taught. Uh, he has uh, all so many abilities because he's such a great scholar, the Dalai Lama. And I have been reading the books for a while. And so once you get to that point, though, that you've decided that that's what you want, that you just continue to to do that, there's 
so by studying that is practice that is the practice by looking at what is the meaning of the mind that aspires to enlightenment what is the cause of it what is uh, what are the, the, the what what uh, are the qualities? What are the nature? By look uh, benefits. That's what it was. What are the benefits? Uh, by by looking at all of these uh, um, different uh, things, we're actually practicing. Uh, so by familiarizing oneself with these, this is practice. Right. Okay. I appreciate that patience. Oh. Uh, so uh, we have in uh, English now uh, the. The great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. So it's not so difficult to understand. And what Rinpoche said before is that the uh, practice will naturally come by looking at the texts and seeing the bodhicitta and what is the meaning and, and, and engaging in that analysis. That's that's practice. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so when we were younger, we had no idea what the meaning of these texts were. But by looking at the Lam Rim, for some reason, the mind uh, um, was almost like the word inspired. Rimshe said the mind liked it, but it's almost in this context like the mind was inspired by it, or like uh, enjoyed it, or liked it. Even though he didn't understand the meaning of it as a young, young man. I didn't know if there was anything that was formal. I mean, you know, being brought up Western, everything we're big on ceremony and you know, um, conversion things like that. I didn't know, right. if, you know, when you decided that you were going to that Buddhism was the way that you wanted to follow. Uh-huh. If there was an actual, there is a uh, you can take refuge vows, okay. um, but Rinpoche also says if you take refuge, you have a refuge vow. Okay. So uh, the. the so that's if something you're interested in, you can. There is a formal ceremony. It's not so formal around here. Rinpoche usually does it in a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, and it's just basically asserting that one, you know, takes refuge in the three jewels. Okay. And, and then that's really it. The Jangjogi Dumba. That's exactly what I just said. He said, if you think about refuge, you don't need to take a... If you take a vow or don't take a vow, it doesn't really matter if you're thinking about refuge. Okay. He said, it's easy to give a, 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 easy to give a vow. But thinking about it is what's most important. So I, I, uh, I think that's it this evening. Um, let's do the concluding prayers. Thank you all for uh, listening well and having so much patience. And please, anyone, there is no question, <coughs> a silly question. We're all beginners here. Go to India and listen to seven-year-olds well, debate. This was a little bit more than beginning for me. Yeah, no, but I'm saying go to India and listen to a seven-year-old kid debate about colors and try and keep up with him. We're all beginners here. <coughs> So the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer.
The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers. Adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this is a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. Whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, the source of all happiness and health for beings is Tenzin Gyatso, Chen resident person. May his life be secure for hundreds of kalpas. 